You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. It is a Fan Friday on the podcast today. Going to be joined by two big-time BYU fans from the East Coast, Matthew Detweiler as well as Tyler Bergen. Had a great conversation with them. You'll hear here in just a little bit. Before we get to that, though, do need to talk about some of the current events going on with college football and It doesn't look good for BYU. Let's put it that way. We'll talk a little bit about that before we get to our Fan Friday interview with Matthew and Tyler. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control as well as our good friends at rockauto.com. We'll tell you about both of them as today's show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 10th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast as it is your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, and it is a ton of fun to be talking BYU sports despite all of the bad news we have received this week. It is Friday. Hopefully you all are doing well. You've gotten to the end of another work week, and I, like I said, I hope you guys are all being safe, being smart, staying home, doing your part to crush this curve because we need to see it really level off or at least go down a little bit if we want to see college football this fall. I think it's very clear that if we continue to see cases rise, especially here in the state of Utah, it's going to put the season in peril. But no matter what, let's talk some BYU sports. Let's start off today with some of the bad news coming out. The Big Ten Conference announcing yesterday that they are planning to go to a 10-game conference game-only schedule this fall if they're able to play sports. Kevin Warren, their commissioner, said, hey, there's a big question mark still about if we'll even be able to play sports. But as it stands, they will play conference games only in the Big Ten this fall if football takes place in that conference. That means that as it stands right now, officially, BYU has lost two of the games on its schedule, that being their home opener on September 12th against Michigan State and another game two weeks later on September 26th at Minnesota. Both of them, big-time opponents, obviously Power 5 opponents that you would like to see BYU play against, hopefully pick up a win or two in that run there. But as it stands, they will not be playing those games. And that's, it's disappointing. There's no doubt about it. You just look at it on its head and it's, it, it's not a good look. And a lot of reports coming out as well saying that uh, the Pac-12 is expected to follow suit and go with a conference-only schedule. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Well, if that's the case, your entire September slate for BYU has been wiped out because Utah and Arizona State are also members of the Pac-12, as is BYU's regular season finale. Their opponent is, is Stanford in that game. So that wipes out five of your games in one swoop, essentially, with two conferences deciding we're going only with conference games. It's not good. I, <laughs> I, I don't have much else for you guys today, and I apologize. It's just I've been reading all of this bad news all week long, and I just look at it, and it's just it, it hurts my head, and it's disappointing. There's no doubt about it. And I'll apologize right now because I'm really down about this. Uh, sports, to me, are bigger than a lot of things in my life. They probably might be the biggest thing outside of my family. And, it, man, 
just looking at all this news, it, it really doesn't look good for BYU football. But as I have stated previously, and I'll continue to state, in talking with people around the football program down there in Provo, people who have an idea of what's going on, there are plans being put into place for BYU, and they will navigate this as best they possibly can. Obviously, there's going to have to be some gerrymandering or some uh, scrambling to put the schedule together. You obviously, you've lost two games already, it appears. You're going to lose at least three more, it looks like, from the Pac-12. Who knows what the Mountain West Conference and the other conferences decide to do. I would expect that they will probably follow in a similar fashion to the Big Ten. And that's going to leave BYU in a tough spot. But you've got to hold on to hope here and really have faith that BYU will pull through and cobble together some kind of schedule. It's not going to be as good as it once looked for BYU, obviously. That, that's very clear at this point. Two of your Power 5 teams are already off the schedule. You're down to 10 games officially. And like I said, you're probably going to lose more in coming days and weeks. But... I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with BYU. The good news is I got an email yesterday saying, hey, Jake, we're having BYU football media day on July 20th. Register here to be part of it. That excites me. That means that BYU, guess what? They're pushing forward. We're going to push forward. Uh, today, we're not going to get to our player countdown series. I apologize. going to run out of time here, so we'll get to that tomorrow. We'll do a double dose on a special weekend edition of the podcast, catch you up on our player countdown series, but I think that BYU is playing this the right way. They're forging ahead thinking, you know what? Things can change week by week because I have to tell you guys that you probably listened to this podcast last week. I was fairly upbeat and thinking BYU football, this is going to happen. They're going to, they're going to kick things off against Utah X number of days away. This week, my tenor obviously has changed, and that's due in part to the news I've received, both reading it in the media and also just talking to people with connections inside athletic departments around this state. And, man, it it, it changes day by day, literally, sometimes week by week. And I don't think we have a firm idea of what ultimately is going to shake out here, but the news is not good at this juncture. Here's hoping that next week, guess what? We have good news. But who knows what ultimately will play out, and we will be covering it for you. That's what I'm here to do each and every day. I have done podcasts, what, for 45 straight days today, if I'm not mistaken, and I will continue to do them. These player countdown series will not stop us. The bad news will not stop us. This podcast will be with you guys, and we'll be doing it every day for as long as humanly possible. I can assure you of that. So bad news all the way around, it looks like, for BYU, but... I'm choosing to try and look at this as best I possibly can and believe that Tom Homo and the rest of the BYU Athletic Department Brain Trust, Kalani Satake and the like, are putting together plans that will help BYU navigate this. And I look forward to seeing what BYU ultimately comes out with. But I like the fact that they're already planning on doing Media Day on July 20th. They're going to open up their 20-hour week mandate from the NCAA on July 21st, the day after Media Day, and get things going. I think that's the best way to approach it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what BYU does here in the next couple of weeks as they really start gearing up for the college football season. All right, uh, time to get to our Fan Friday edition of the podcast. We'll get to that here in just a second. Talk with Tyler Bergen as well as Matthew Detweiler. Long-time daily listeners of this podcast. You're going to love this conversation. I think you'll really enjoy that. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, do need to take a minute today, guys, and tell you once again about our good friends at rockauto.com. We've talked a lot about this company this week, but rockauto.com has every part for your car, truck, or SUV that you could ever need from any type of manufacturer for whatever specifications you want. You can even search by price. If you want to go above a certain price point, go to rockauto.com, tell them what you're looking for, 
for, for what type of car, what year, what model, etc. Put in the price you want to pay and it'll come up with your options. That's what I love about this company. Their online site is absolutely fantastic. And this is not a fly-by-night organization. They've been around for 20 years. It's a family-owned company. They have pride in what they do. And the best part about it all, all of it is shipped directly to your door. No matter what you need for your car, you need new calipers, you need new brake pads, you need a new tail light. I'd say tail light a lot. I apologize for that. But regardless of whatever you need for your vehicle, rockauto.com has it for you guys. Check them out. When you stop by, make sure to put in the Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that Locked On Cougar sent you and the Locked On Podcast Network helped you find out about this company. But like I said, you can't go wrong with rockauto.com. It's a great company, family-owned company, and whatever you need for your vehicle, you can get reliably low prices on it. Your, your, your mechanic, your buddy who may fix your car can't get a better price as a professional than you can as, your, as a do-it-yourselfer. Check them out, guys. That's rockauto.com. Reliably low prices, amazing selection, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com, our proud partner of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's get to it. Fan Friday edition of the podcast with Matthew Detweiler and Tyler Bergen. Hardy BYU fans from the East Coast had a fantastic conversation with them. So without further ado, here you go. It's a Fan Friday on the podcast. Let's get to it. Please welcome in now Matthew Detweiler and Tyler Bergen, big BYU fans. And guys, thanks for taking the time to join us here on Locked On Cougars. Thanks, Jake. Thanks good, for having us. Good to be on today. Yeah, you guys reached out and said you guys were looking forward to doing this. Uh, first things first, you guys are part of what I like to call the East Coast contingent of BYU fans. You guys live in Virginia. Uh, the East Coast, that Eastern time zone, it's a tough time zone to live in and be a BYU fan, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we end up getting a lot of late games, whether it's football and or basketball. We're, we're the midnighters, 2 a.m.s, and then, and then if we're really lucky and they get to play in like – California, we've we've I think we had one go till like three thirty four o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, the um the uh, rain bowl, yes. the last point set of bowl. Okay, yes. yeah, San Diego. Yes, we we were up till three thirty in the morning. So yeah, we've we've cut some late ones. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like I I've said this before, and I've talked to other BYU fans who live on the East Coast, and I say. They've got you guys have got to be the, some of the hardiest of hardy BYU fans because you guys do sacrifice a lot of sleep to stay up and mm-hmm. watch the Cougars, especially when they're playing in the likes of Hawaii on the West Coast and even at home yes. sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is though with BYU sports is well, particularly with football is you know having independence and having a chance to see them out here as mm-hmm. much as we do because you know. 10, 15 years ago, we would have never seen them out here, maybe once in five, 10 years. And since we've, I moved out here five years, Maddie grew up out here. Um, we've, we've seen them play quite a bit and it's been nice. I mean, you, I can't think of many East coast games that we haven't been to yeah. in the last five years. So, but they are good fans. I agree. My house is full whenever we have a BYU game. So it's the way I like it. Yeah. Lots of food and BYU wins. That's what we go for. Hey, that That's the truth though. I've talked to a number of people as well who've said the independence, especially when you live outside the state of Utah, independence has really helped them in terms of being able to see the Cougars because they play all over the country, literally. They go to UMass. They go to places down in the SEC. They go to ACC country. They've gone all over the country, and I've talked to multiple fans from all over the country who say, you know what? This gives me an opportunity, like you're talking about, Tyler, to go and see this team closer to home more often than, yeah, maybe once a decade. 
and the cool cool stadiums too right yes. so we oh, yeah. saw umass and that was at uh, gillette gillette mm-hmm. stadium yeah. and, and we we got to sit in there and that's an impressive place we saw them play west virginia at FedEx Field down here in, in against at the Redskins Field, and it, it's fun to be able to see them in big stadiums oh, yeah. and, and play in those type of venues. And some of the smaller ones too. I know you got to go see them at Toledo and you. Yeah, Toledo. We were there at East Carolina. Yeah, we got to go to Knoxville this past year, and that yeah. was just such a scenic <laughs> place with the river in the background, and then just the sunset there was and the great incredible. Fans. Oh, great yeah. fans of Tennessee were awesome. Yeah, I was so, at that game I, as well. Yeah, it was it was a great environment. Okay, uh, Tyler and Matthew. So you guys are from two different generations. Uh, Matt, I, I hope I'm not revealing too much, but you're a teenager still. You, you're you're a young yes, buck. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, a little more experienced. But I, when I do these fan Fridays, obviously I like to let you guys tell a little bit about your background as fans. So let's have uh, Matthew go first, and then Tyler, I'll I'll have you go after that. If that's okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So um, so I'm 15. And I'm born and raised in Northern Virginia. I've been here my whole life. And my both of my parents went to BYU. A ton of family went there. And first time I ever watched a game um, on TV or on the or in the stadium was 2012 uh, in the hurricane at UVA when we lost that one in overtime. And that was the first game I ever went to. A little bit disappointed after that. But then watching the Texas game, you know, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams just running all over number 15, Texas. That was really where I got excited about BYU football, and I've just been obsessed ever since. And you legit cried when Taysom got hurt, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, 2014 yeah. against Utah State, when he broke his leg, I sobbed for hours. I'm not going to lie. I was in the press box when that moment took place. There may or may not have been a Daily Universe report of the Daily Universe's BYU student newspaper. The girl sitting next to me that was covering the game for the universe, she legitimately looked heartbroken. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it was both hilarious to me, and I also felt for her as well because you know, obviously, knew how much it meant to her. I, I, I would assume, but it, it, I think a lot of BYU fans in that moment just kind of had their hearts sink. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was, I was at the game, so that yeah. was, and that was, you could have heard a pin drop, and I don't think anyone wanted to cheer after that, but I, it would, that was a tough one. Yeah. Uh, me, fanship. I mean, I, I, yes, very different generation. Um, I can remember the first BYU games was when I was living in Alaska okay. and we used to go to the steak center and watch with on the huge satellite dish mm-hmm. with everyone. So I remember like the, you know, the 1983 games against UCLA. And then we moved to Utah in 83 and, okay. uh, First year we got season tickets was 84, and that's about all it took. So that year um, I got to go to all the games, and then we actually went to the Michigan game. My dad and I did um, as a gift for my mom uh, to to the Holiday Bowl game, which was was great. And then you can just name about any BYU game, home game over the last – 20 years after that, I was, I was probably Adam. So, um, didn't, didn't miss many. And now living out here, I just get to travel to all of them. You know, I've got a a crew that uh, is cool with me going to any games and my kids are always up for road trips. So, um, yeah, BYU sports, football, basketball, living out there. I mean, I loved every single one of them, um, soccer, volleyball. I don't think there was anything that I didn't really want to go up and watch when if it was up at BYU I was there 
Very cool. Uh, it, it's cool to get your guys' both your experiences because, like I said, Matthew, you're, you're a young buck. Tyler, you've, you've been around the block. You've seen 1984 with your own eyes. I can't even claim to have seen that. I was born in 1987. So all I've ever heard about is 1984 from my father, my grandfather, who were around for it. But it's cool that you've seen that. Matthew, an interesting note. And we talked about this right before we started recording. You have not seen BYU beat Utah since you started grade school. Never in my life. 2009, I would have been about five and I wasn't watching games then. So, you know, I've gone through <laughs> being a, a priest in my ward without seeing BYU beats at once. Wow. It's, it's pretty fast. That's a sad thing. I mean, I, I was telling, he was asking me what the loudest I thought Lavelle Edwards Stadium ever was. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, the Miami game was loud. There was mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But, um, Staley running the ball in against Utah was probably the loudest I'd ever heard the stadium. Um, And Gennaro picking it off was, was pretty close second, but you know, I've seen all the great games there, but that was, that was by far the loudest. That game does bring out the most in, in everybody. I've had people ask me the most deafening environment I've ever been in. I can think of some Utah jazz games I've been to up at Vivint Smart Home Arena or what was then the Delta Center where it was deafening. But I have to say, I was at that same game, speaking of the 2001 Utah-BYU game, and when Staley broke down that sideline, I, I haven't heard Lavelle Edwards Stadium ever that loud, I don't think. so. Yeah, and I was sitting in that end zone watching him run down the yeah. sidelines, and I, I think um, – had I had a chance, I would have ran out there right behind them. But it was it was cool. I mean, the, and the Miami game was fun. I was probably one of the first people out on the field, storm the field at the end of that game. Okay. Great experience. I mean, that that was just unique. Having the number one team, perfect day for yep. football, and the way they won it was just impressive absolutely well let's talk a little bit more about football here obviously guys this past week i feel like it's just been bad news story after bad news story with regards to the upcoming football season what is your confidence level that byu will play football games coming up here in september and beyond so my thing is i think that one thing that byu does have to its advantage over other programs in the country is whether or not BYU plays the football season, they're not going to go under. They're going to be, they're going to be okay with with or without a football season. And we were talking about this a little bit before how BYU is going to be prepared and has been preparing for any scenario and talking uh, amongst themselves, but also to other programs about you know what do you guys think going forward, uh, what's going to happen, and no one knows. And so much changes week to week with news that comes out in just the environment around, you know, COVID-19. But I think there's a lot up in the air, but I'm hoping everyone's able to adapt to it pretty well. Well, that was, that was good. Um, I, you know, one of the things though, I, I think having ESPN a little bit, that as a partner in this, I think may help BYU. I the, the thing is, is that they'll have a, a, a schedule. I think they'll end up having a season. I just don't think it's going to look like the season we were hoping. When you say we were going to kick off against, you know, Michigan State, um, Utah, ASU, and Minnesota, I mean, as a BYU fan, I'm salivating about that. You yeah. tell me I'm going to kick off against – um, Army, New Mexico State, and um, UMass, Liberty. I, and Liberty. I mean, it's I, it just doesn't have the same resonation. But I do feel like they they've got the the idea of what they want to do. I, it's just going to take time. I don't think I, I don't think everything's set. Like Matthew said, I think it's going to change week by week. But um, I although I do think 
not having a football season is going to hurt any athletic department. Mm-hmm. You look at Stanford, yep. who is like director cup champion of the world, 50 years running because they have 25, but who's counting, right? Yeah, but no one's counting. Yeah. But even they're cutting sports left mm-hmm. and right. And, you know, supposedly that Pac-12 money is so great that they should never have to do that. But guess what? They do. Because these finance, these institutions are still driven by the money that is brought in by the athletic department, particularly football, always. And trust me, SEC will have a season. Everyone's going to have a season. And if everyone else is having a season, BYU will have a season. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys in that respect. I, I feel like BYU, regardless, they'll, 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 they'll na- navigate the choppy waters. It may not be the, the schedule we were looking at originally. We're looking at six f- Power 5 opponents on this year's slate, some heavy hitters in the G5 ranks with Boise State, etc. It may not look as formidable as it did once upon a time, obviously with the announcement from the Big Ten saying that they're going conference game only, so that negates both Mich- uh, Michigan State and Minnesota right off the bat. But... I'm with you. I I look at it and I say, you know what? BYU will cobble something together. I've said this on the podcast. I'll say it again. I know that the folks down there, speaking of Tom Homo and the rest of his staff there in the athletic department, they've had meeting after meeting. Their contingency plans are in place. They will be able to navigate this. And I actually like what you brought up, Tyler, with the ESPN deal. ESPN understands the value of BYU football, especially on their network where it can bring eyeballs literally from around the world. You guys living on the East Coast. I, I actually have a guy who listens to this podcast to this day he sails around the Philippines on a sailboat. He's been on this podcast. That's what he does every day. But he pings this podcast. He downloads it whenever he's in cell range, and he can download the podcast. He lives in the Philippines, and he watches games. Yeah. So the, the yeah. worldwide the tr- reach. Trust me. <laughs> BYU fans will fill the seats and, and, mm-hmm. and watch the TVs. I mean, we I couldn't tell you how many. I mean, we go to a game at Old Miss, and you have the people at Old Miss saying, I've never seen a non-conference game or even half our SEC opponents bring as many fans as you guys do. Yeah. Same thing at Tennessee. They said the same thing. They said, I I have never seen this many opposing fans for the first game of the season. And that's, that's what the BYU fans do. Rain, you know, that's what we say, rain or snow. We're, we're going to rise and shout. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the good thing about BYU sports is mm-hmm. we will make the effort. Yeah. Always. Well, yeah. Ma- Matthew, the funny thing about your, your Texas experience, that Texas game where Taysom went, ran roughshod over them, I, I remember I was actually standing around after that game, and I, this big, burly Texas fan comes walking towards us, and I wasn't sure what was going on, but he comes walking towards us. He sticks out his hand, and he says, man, that was a hell of a game, boys. I hope they <laughs> I hope they get you guys in the Big 12 soon. I'd love to come back out to Provo. And uh, it was yeah. I was both terrified and also just like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, but it's true that BYU fans show up in droves wherever they go, and I, I've heard that yeah. from many a, a athletic a media member. Like media members have said, "Man, BYU travels well." I'm like, yeah, if you, it's not, it's not hype. It, it, it's not, yeah. it's legitimate. Oh, yeah. There you go. Tyler Bergen and Matthew Detweiler, part one of the conversation. We'll let you hear the rest of our conversation here in just a minute. Need to take a minute before we do that, though, and tell you about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, a local company here in the state of Utah that's capable of servicing anything 
inside your home when it comes to pest control needs, regardless of whatever your issue might be. Mice, spiders, ants, uh, man, there's the whole gamut. Stick bugs, yeah, let's go real exotic. Uh, Termites, whatever it might be, All Guard Pest Control can handle it for you guys. Like I said, a local company based in Utah County, Seth Baird is the owner. Him and his team are the best of the best. They take care of my home, they take care of my pest control needs, and I have to tell you guys, I am 110% satisfied, and I love what this company does. They won't knock on your door. You're never going to hear All Guard knocking on your door saying, hey, you want to spray for your bugs? They don't believe in that method of promoting their business. They do, however, have two unique service options for their people that they're servicing in their homes. If you want to have a year-round protection plan, they have a quarterly pest control program where they'll come out once every three months. Make sure that barrier stays up around your home and that way you're always protected. And the best part is they guarantee their work. They're taking the utmost precautions right now, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic still ongoing. They're wearing gloves and wearing masks when they enter your home. They want to make sure you feel comfortable with them taking care of your home. In addition to that quarterly pest control program, if you have a one-time need, you only need one thing taken care of one time, they'll come out, they'll take care of it, and they'll leave you alone. All Guard Pest Control wants to fit their service plan to whatever your needs might be. You can give them a call anytime, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or check them out online to learn more about them at allguardpestcontrols.com. I love this company. I've told you guys multiple times. They're big-time BYU fans. So when you call All Guard Pest Control, tell them that Jay Catch and the Locked On Cougars podcast sent you, and Seth and his team will make sure you guys are taken care of. They'll take care of you anyways, even if you don't mention that, but I'm just telling you, it's fun to hear when people say, you know what? I found out about this company because of this podcast. So check it out, guys. That's our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812, or go to allguardpestcontrols.com. Let's get to part two now with Tyler Bergen as well as Matthew Detweiler. Fantastic conversation. We're going to talk some BYU basketball here in just a second. But I had a fun time just talking BYU sports in general with these two gentlemen from two different generations, as you guys just heard. So let's get to it. Part two of my conversation right here on a Fan Friday on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Uh, let's talk a little bit about basketball, guys. I know you're a big BYU football fans, but obviously this past basketball season, I think, has a lot of people very much interested in what Mark Pope can do for an encore in year two of his tenure. What were your guys' takeaway from the past season? Well, I honestly, that was like, to me, it was a, a little bit of a letdown because I would have loved to have seen what they could have done. Because yeah. if you watch them play, at the end of the season, I, I mean, I'm not saying they were national champions, but could they have ran into the Sweet 16? I think they had the team, and they were hitting on all cylinders. I think the loss to St. Mary's in the tournament was kind of a push anyway. I was fine. You lose on a last-second shot. Oh, well. Um, and I thought they had a really good nucleus around them. But the one thing I really like about Pope is – there is no doubt about it. You have to have a little PT Barnum in it. And he can, he knows how to get BYU fans and players that just want to play for him. And you got to admit everyone he's brought in is going to be, it should be impactful in some way. If they can learn to play together as a team, if they can find their roles and be able to find that specific role, and it'll be interesting to see who will come out to be a, the leader of that team, but you've got a huge front court. You've got a solid back court. Mm -hmm. If they can shoot, that's danger because I think they will play hard. I think the first year 
would prove anything is that his teams come ready to play no matter where, and they're not afraid of it. And I, numerous games this last year, I thought of, but I mean, it can only make you salivate for what year two looks like with a better top to bottom team. Mm -hmm. So this year um, I was really happy with the Mark Pope hire and, you know, hearing about however many, you know, 1300 shots or whatever the players were getting up in the last off season. And one thing that you can clearly tell from Mark Pope and, you know, he said over and over again, we have the best locker room in the country is how much his players respect him and how much of a player's coach he is. And I just think about where the program was today versus where it was a year ago and not only the hype, but the culture change. And I feel like it's in such a better spot. And this year, it just seems like this could be a team where there's going to guys are going to step up. But it seems like there could be, you know, there's multiple guys every night who you could easily see going for 20 and then another three or four going for 10 a night. And it's just part of that is balancing egos. But I feel like we I, I trust Mark Pope enough to be able to handle that and make sure that the best guys are getting time on the court. I mean, you got Caleb who is willing to go from one school to another. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not really as much of a knock on, uh, on Utah. Mm-hmm. And as much as we love to make fun of Larry Christovia, <laughs> um, it's, is it's not as much a knock on Utah as it is him wanting to go and play for Pope. I mm-hmm. mean, what, and that's what you want. You want guys to play that, that want to play for him. That's why Lavelle had such so many good teams is people just wanted to play for him. He loved it. Mm-hmm. And that's that he kept that going his whole time at BYU. I think Pope's starting off on the right foot. I think the question should be how long are we able to keep him? I think mm-hmm. that's going to be the question. Yeah. That... I don't think other teams don't see that too. I and mean, he has yeah. those, not that he would go to Kentucky, but trust me, he's, he's, got a lot of attention from other people too mm-hmm. well big blue nation has his heart i can tell you that much and yeah. obviously john calipari ain't going anywhere anytime soon no but, but there no. are gonna there are gonna be numerous other big time programs who are gonna say you know what if this guy can do what he's doing at byu why can't he do it for us and they're gonna pay yep. him oodles and oodles of money and it will all be a, kind of dependent on if he is comfortable in provo the f- salary all the different factors as you guys well know but i i just look at it and you're right that there are going to be callers for him and they already have had callers for him even after just one season so it will be an interesting situation uh when you guys look at the overall depth of what the byu athletic department is doing we're we're talking a national championship men's cross country we're seeing runs by both men's and women's volleyball teams the women's soccer team year in and year out is is a contender it feels like what do you guys think of the overall health and depth of the athletic department in provo well, I think from the Olympic sport standpoint, like you were talking about, I think BYU's had great teams over the years, and it's always done really well. I think the only thing is, and I know I've, I've heard you mention this on the podcast, is you have to be more of a consistent winner with football and basketball. Yeah. You, you can be as great as you can with all the other athletics. And it's, it's awesome to watch. I mean, we were excited for men's volleyball this year because yeah. the national championship was going to be played at, um, just down the road from us at George Mason. Yeah. And we had all talked about, we're going. Like, oh, no yeah. matter what, we're going. We're, we're so there. And then that, that ended up getting canceled. And I, I love the notoriety. Um, I have someone who works for me who was a, um, an Olympic 
uh, runner who actually trained with Ed Stone and okay. just could not talk, stop talking about how great BYU's cross country team is. And we get this national reputation for so many things. But if you're ever going to say the health of an athletic department is predicated on X, it's always going to be the two biggest sports that are bringing in the money, and that's football and basketball. And if you cannot consistently win with football and basketball, it, you're always going to be okay. Great. You want to be great? Win at football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, BYU has such a deep field of the Olympic sports that are all performing at a really high level. and basketball is trending in the right direction but one thing i really liked that you said on the wednesday the wednesday edition of the podcast was there's got to be more funding put straight into football and a lot of donors are seeking that and i really i really think that that is true and you can see and it'll be interesting to see how it affects the entire athletic department but also the funding that goes into different sports with covid19 and how that impacts it going forward. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt. And I had a couple people reach out to me after I kind of went on that diatribe about that. And they also, they mentioned the fact that title nine does play into it. And I, I felt, I failed to acknowledge that originally when I first talked about it, but still, even then you can still get around the title nine issue and still put extra money into that sport. Exactly. I don't think the money that goes to the title nine athletics changes at all. I don't, it, it, that's, it's taking care of it's funded and it should be, there's not absolutely nothing wrong with it. That's why it was set up. I, I think if you look at the actual, you know, facilities, if you look at everything else, the funding for more recruiters, we've got Mm -hmm. what two Uh, other teams have what 10, and I mean, oh. you can only juice so much water out of a rock. And <laughs> I mean, this this team, the, the one thing I've always loved about BYU sports is they thrive despite. So yeah. they thrive despite the fact that they won't play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They thrive despite the fact they have 40-year-old guys who come home from return missions that everyone says we're too old to play. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, this, is, this is one of the things I've always liked about this is they take these kids that, you know, great athletes there's not nothing wrong with that but they've always thrived despite the fact mm-hmm. that they've they have so many things honor code everything else that goes with it and i that's it's all okay i mean that's that's we got to be able to do it but mm-hmm. we got to be doing it it's it's realistic on from a fan standpoint and what everybody else wants if you want the best you got to pay for the best it's yeah. just life absolutely you, I, well, go ahead matthew you got to be willing i feel like to adapt with everyone else year after year and whether that's facilities or sports science or recruiting because you know just upgrading and say okay that's it we're gonna that's gonna be good for five years is not gonna be able to get you to the point where you want to be where you know potentially an invite from a power five conference where you know a lot of the big boys are changing and adapting and putting funding into improving their program year in year out and I just feel like there needs to be more of an emphasis on doing that for the health of the football team but I feel like also just to for the athletic department as a whole well let's be honest guys one thing that may come out of all this if if football does ultimately get canceled I don't think it's going to be canceled but there's gonna be a lot of athletic departments who are going to be struggling throughout all this they already are struggling I will give BYU credit in one thing in in this. They have always been required to make the money that they spend. They've always been have to be fiscally responsible. They've always had to be in the black. They cannot 
deficit spend essentially and that's a positive and that I think is going to help BYU navigate some of the choppy waters ahead and that's the one I think positive of how BYU yeah maybe they take a little bit less or they work with less but they've always like you said they make do with what they have right all right oh uh, so last thing for me guys before we wrap this up is you guys have probably heard this on these fan Fridays the soapbox is yours whatever you guys want to get off your chest about BYU BYU sports in general the the ch- the floor is yours. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so one thing I was talking about with Tyler earlier is um, uh, one thing that I've agreed with. I feel like for a lot of BYU fans is we're in kind of the show me stage for BYU football and independence. And I don't know if I was the athletic director if I would have had extended Kalani Satake personally. I feel like I would have like to see more production and i think without um covid19 there i think this year would have been a big year to kind of prove show me what you can do and i don't think he i don't think there's a hot seat for kalani but i just think i would like to see not necessarily win more of the p5 games because i feel like he's done a really good job of stealing games that maybe BYU's not favored in or shouldn't win but i just think I would really like to see more consistency of winning the games you're supposed to win. You think about this year, even with injuries, games like Toledo and at South Florida. Yeah, absolutely. It, you, you should have seen the argument between us on that one. So it was good. <laughs> I mean, it was healthy. There was nothing wrong with it. But yeah, we, we argued about that one a little bit. Um, for me, I think, you know, I stay to BYU sports and always being a BYU fan. I Listen, it is. Uh, for me, being a BYU fan growing up, it, I, it's given back to me a lot more than I've taken taken front. You had to pay for it or whatever. It's it's always been a, a sense of bonding with my my kids and uh, my son and, and family. And then you know it was something that my dad and I really that was where we bonded growing up too. And I, they you know this is in a time in which we are dealing with a lot of opposition from the, you know, the nation, we live right in the back door of Washington, DC and, you know, the nation and the pandemic and everything, I will a hundred percent agree, bring back sports, do it the right way, the best way you can, but bring back, I mean, it's, sports has always been a glue that has brought people together. And if I, if I'm hoping for anything, I'm hoping for a season, not just because I want to see us win, but I think it really does take some pressure off of where we're at right now as a, as a country, as a nation, as a people. And um, it, not that sports solves everything just in my house, but it, <laughs> but it would sure be nice to, to divide things up. I mean, when we're, I love, premier soccer and i love everything else so i'm watching plenty of stuff on tv now i'm actually a little bit placated but um i I need my byu sports so i'm ready for it to come back i know you are too jake Uh, i know you've talked about it well see and i've talked about on the podcast i draw my paycheck from sports so i i have a i have a vested interest both as a fan of sports in general but also well guess what it it pays the bills for me so it's a very interesting time there's no doubt about that but tyler Matthew, I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to join us. I appreciate you reaching out, and I'm hoping we can do this again. This was fantastic, and I really enjoyed the conversation. All right. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you having us on, man. There you have it, guys. Matthew Detweiler and Tyler Bergen. A huge thank you to them for joining me here on the podcast. It was a ton of fun to hear from him. And, man, Matthew Detweiler – 
that young man is going to have some fun days ahead of him if BYU can get things turned around. He has been through the gauntlet, I guess I'll call it. He has never seen BYU beat Utah in his entire life in terms of watching the game, watching BYU, etc., crazy, but he's a big-time BYU fan, and a big thank you to him and Tyler for joining us here on the podcast. If you guys would like to be part of a Fan Friday down the road here, reach out. And hey, without college football, we may have to do some more extra Fan Fridays, maybe Fan Wednesday, Fan Monday, whatever it might be. If you want to be part of the podcast, I would love to have you guys on it as a guest host. I love having people weigh in with their thoughts on the podcast. I think it stirs up uh, what's going on with the podcast, lets people have a different insight into how other BYU fans think. I know I can drone on at points, but if you guys want to be a part of this, be my special uh, special guest host, excuse me, here on the podcast, I would love to have you guys on board. Feel free to reach out anytime on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. Search us out at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to DM me or tweet at me, you can do so at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can email the show anytime, Locked On Cougars, excuse me, Locked On BYU at gmail.com is the address. Big thank you once again to Tyler Bergen as well as Matthew Detweiler. It was a fantastic conversation. Looking forward to doing more of these in the coming days and weeks on a Fan Friday right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Today's show has been brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com as well as All Guard Pest Control. Support those companies that support us. They really do appreciate your guys' business. And hey, they are great companies. I don't work with just anybody, and I hope you guys enjoy these companies and have them in your homes to take care of you or take care of, take advantage of their services and or products. That'll do it for a Friday edition of the show. As I said, a double dose of the Player Countdown series tomorrow as we catch up on that as we didn't get to it today, but still a lot of fun. Bonus editions all weekend long here on the podcast, so tune into those, and full editions return on Monday. And who knows what will be happening in college football at that point, but we'll have it all covered for you guys have a great weekend whenever you hear this and i hope you guys are all doing well staying home staying safe and wear a mask if at all possible this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 10th 2020 have a great weekend